Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison. You're listening to episode five of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. All right. Hello, everyone. So today we'll be talking about sexual desire. But first, I wanted to do some shout outs. So I noticed as I was looking at um, the different kinds of listeners that I have here, and we got some people internationally, okay? We got some people in India, Australia, Belgium, Puerto Rico, Canada, El Salvador, Kenya. So I got my people out here in the motherland and also in Pakistan. So um, pretty cool stuff, you know. We're international out here in these streets. So uh, also I wanted to shout out to some of the guys that are listening because we have a decent amount of male listeners. So all the guys that are listening, tell your friends about it. It's not weird to talk about these conversations. Um And I think it's awesome that you guys are listening. So thank you for listening. All right. So stay tuned for our conversation about sexual desire. All righty. So I feel like in half of these episodes, I'm going to have I'm going to end up saying like you're allowed to think about, feel about, desire, insert thing that the church has done a bad job of teaching us about in half of these podcast episodes. But you are allowed to have sexual desires. (gasps) You are even allowed to have sexual desires inside of marriage and outside of marriage. (gasps) Now, I know that might have shocked some of your systems, but there is nowhere in the Bible where it says you should not desire sex. And if you find it in there, hit me up and I'll give you a dollar. Sex is a good thing. So to desire sex is a good thing as well. It's just the context of engaging that we need to be mindful of. So if I take a look back into my childhood memories, ever since I can remember, I have liked boys. Now, I'm not saying ever since I can remember, I've wanted to have sex with boys. I literally had no clue about what that was when I was younger. But I did know that I like to be close to boys. So when I was introduced to cooties, they were like a foreign idea to me. And by the time I found out what they were, I already knew I wanted them. Like, I couldn't understand why girls didn't want cooties. Even as a child, I thought that was childish. So if you can relate to me, we are kindred spirits and we are also not respected around these here Christian parts. (laughs) The way Christians treat sexuality or sexual desire is like once God steps into your life, it's like when Andy gets home and boom, Woody and the other toys hit the ground and it's dead for sexual desire. But just like them toys, it's fake. And some of y'all have been playing dead for so long, you found yourself in situations where you are sexually immature. For example, I don't know if you guys have been watching Married at First Sight, but I love that show. Um, But in one of the seasons, there's a girl um, where you could tell that her sexual maturity might have been stunted maybe around the age of like 11. Um, She was uncomfortable thinking about sex. She was uncomfortable talking about sex. And she was like creeped out by anything that would resemble foreplay. Um, Like her and her husband uh, were just playing a game where they had to pick from a bowl and whatever body part they got, they would throw a dice and see what instructions were for that body part. So at one point it said for the husband or for her to kiss his feet, I think. Another said for him to like touch her boob and she was just completely not even comfortable, but more like disgusted with it like a child would be if you told them to kiss a boy on the playground. Now, I understand being uncomfortable in the situation where you're a virgin and you aren't just going to give yourself away to someone. I understand that personally. Um, 
but it was different and I think for her it's a different level like I can imagine her being this way in any situation and it shows that the proper conversations were not had about sex to allow her to just relax a little if she knew that desiring sex is a good thing I think her experience in that relationship would have looked a little different um, so I want to give you guys some insight into what she missed. So as I've said, desiring sex is not bad and thinking about sex, thinking about sexual things is not bad either. Um, most natural human bodies experience sex drive, which is otherwise known as libido, which is basically defined as the desire or to drive the drive to engage in sexual behavior. So now I want to talk to you guys about the different levels of libido and spoiler alert, there is no normal level. The normal level would kind of have to be monitored within yourself. If you realize that you are desiring sexual interactions more than usual, then you could say that your libido or your sex drive is higher. There is a myth that men think about sex all the time and basically women think about getting their nails done and going to college to get more knowledge and boys going to Jupiter to whatever, you know. Um, but in actuality, men and women can switch roles easily. Regardless of men having more testosterone in their bodies, they are still capable of having lower libido. So if you're a guy and you're listening, there's nothing wrong um, if this is your normal and you're comfortable with it. And in the same way, if you're a woman and you have a higher libido, there's nothing wrong with you. You just really like the finer things in life. And that's okay. Um, I want to normalize the fact that God gave us the desire to have sex so your normal is your normal i think by taking the first step of normalizing sexual desire it can allow you to let your shoulders drop release unnecessary tension and allow you to avoid punishing yourself every time you take a glance at something or think about something that could potentially arouse you you are allowed to want something good god says sex is good and i think this fear can also be fueled by matthew 5:28. And it says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in their heart. And people in church love quoting this, but I think the focus has been completely missed. Pa- pastors love focusing on the looking part. Now, if you look at her, you're lusting. Now, everybody say, if you're lusting, you ain't trusting. And the whole congregation will repeat that catchy phrase, but it's so out of context. And I think it's a very condemning way to preach this verse. I think the main point this passage is making is the part where it says lustful intent. Now, in the second half of 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Where does he look? At the heart. So, it's addressing if your desire is to lust after someone. And the definition of lust in the Christian realm is strong sexual desire that is negative or forbidden. So the difference between thinking about something briefly and lusting is it becomes lust when there is a ruminating and it starts becoming an idol. So when I say ruminating, I want you to think of how cows eat. This is going to gross some people out, but bear with me because I need you to have this image in your head when you're trying to lust after somebody again. So cows will chew their food. They swallow it. They unswallow it. Then they swallow it again. Mm Mm-hmm. So moment of silence for those of you who were eating while listening to this, because that's nasty. But so is lust. So it's the visiting and revisiting of the thought or image that distorts the mind and distorts healthy desire.
All right, guys. So I want to take a quick break to tell you guys about something that literally changed my whole life in 2020. So I know we all made some impulse buys during the pandemic. I myself fell victim to buying a shirt um, that was like a stay at home festival shirt featuring multiple artists, um, two of them being Pandemic at the Disco and Miley Virus. <laughs> And I thought that was hilarious, so I had to buy it. But you guys have probably also seen the ads for the Easy Detangler brush, the one that kind of looks like like seven combs on one brush. And I will say this brush, hands down, was my best buy of the year. Now, I shed a tear recently when I started my lock journey because I can't use the brush anymore. But it doesn't even matter what hair type you have. Um, I've been putting on so many friends to this brush, but especially if you have curly hair, you need this brush. It will literally make detangling so much easier. And if... Better yet, when you buy it, you can use my promo code SONATA10 to get 10% off. So go to easydetanglerbrush.com to get yours. Now let's get back to it. So that leads me to talk about the elephant in the room of most Christian sex talks, financial literacy. Just kidding. I'm talking about masturbation. And someone actually requested that I talk about this. Now, if you've been in the church for a while, you may have heard them use the story of Onan in Genesis 38, 9 through 10, where he spills his seed instead of getting his brother's wife pregnant. And I'll, I'll give you the SparkNotes version of it all. Onan's brother was wicked. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't really go into depth as to why they believe that. But my man was so wicked that the Lord went ahead and ended his time on earth a little short, <laughs> a little early. Um, so maybe because he was careless about continuing his family's lineage, I'm not completely sure, but my man's didn't want his, want to have sex with his wife. So his dad, Judah said to Onan, his brother to have sex with his wife. But Onan was like, nah, cause that he going to raise my kid. That's not fair for me. So with the quickness, he said yeet and became the first documented instance of a strong pullout game. And he didn't give Tamar his seed, but this story has nothing to do with masturbation. And because the Bible doesn't clearly say that masturbation is a sin, it's kind of landed in a gray area and you have to use other scriptures to inform your decision on it. Now, we know that lust is sin. So if you're viewing arousing imagery or creating arousing imagery in your mind to masturbate, it's sinful. And obviously, mutual masturbation is sinful as well in either meaning of the term. So I want to give you guys some perspectives on masturbation and you can see where your conviction lies. So the first perspective is from Brittany Brodus, a Christian sexologist, and she was on the Love Hour podcast with Melissa and Kev on stage. I don't know if you guys heard them yet, but check that out if you'd like to. And she speaks about how some Christians ask this question because um, they kind of want permission for what they are already convicted of, like permission to do something they're already convicted of. So they can continue in sin because they want like a free pass. Um, but she also speaks about for some people in marriage, it's going to have to be a conversation between spouses, but it ultimately has to be has to do with the importance of listening for the Holy Spirit and not letting the opinions of others cloud your thought process. So Melissa added in and she spoke about a, an important aspect as well, being that sometimes when you have like core shame about something, it can be confusing or confused as conviction. So I'll give you guys an example. Some people have so much shame that they've convinced they've confused their feelings of shame around procrastination or watching too much tv or people pleasing and they make the voice of their insecurities speak for the holy spirit um so that's also important to ask the lord to help you discern and that's like a whole nother podcast for another time but 
That was what she said on the subject. Another way I've heard it uh, from a poet named Ezekiel Azanwu, I think I said that right, is that sex is, uh, masturbation is sex with yourself. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this definition, but he says that because you are sexually arousing yourself um, and that's considered sex. Um, I don't know if I can get behind that belief fully, but he does call it a Christian's favorite sin because there's very little external impact. For example, infections or diseases or pregnancies. But he highlights sex being between a man and a woman in the covering of marriage. He considers masturbation as a tweak of the design, which I think is a pretty interesting way to think about it. Um, He also refers to the Greek word uh, porneia, meaning the surrendering of one's sexual purity. And if that sounds familiar, porneia, that's where kind of porn comes from. Porn gets its name from. Um, So uh, if you are engaging in the act of arousing yourself sexually, I can see how that would be surrendering sexual purity if you were constantly engaging in sexual behavior um, outside of marriage. Um, I also took a little snippet from a great Christian search engine uh, called Got Questions that states, if done with no lust, immoral thoughts or pornography with full assurance that it is good and right with thanks given to God for the pleasure it brings. Is it still a sin to masturbate? The most we can say is maybe not. However, we seriously doubt whether the scenario ever truly exists. Um, They also spoke about how in most cases with masturbation, it is a self-control issue. Do you feel a conviction to stop? Do you struggle to stop when you try? These are the kinds of questions you need to be asking yourself. Even in marriage, it's a question to confront because some people may use masturbation to avoid sexual or relational problems. But in other cases, when married couples choose mutual masturbation or give each other permission to masturbate when they've spent a certain amount of time away, it may be a different situation. But there are instances in relationships where one spouse gets so good at pleasing themselves before marriage that when they enter into marriage and their spouse takes a little longer to learn their body, it creates some tension and there's a strong desire to just take care of the job on your own. And that can be a slow downward spiral if you think about it. Um, I generally don't know what the correct answer is, but what I have said to people that I've talked to about this subject is if you haven't found out where you stand on it, Um, If it is a sin, if it's not a sin, then just don't do it until you understand. It's better to avoid sin than to continue indulging until you find out that it is a sin, that you've been sinning that whole time. And at the end of the day, masturbation doesn't improve your relationship with Jesus. It doesn't like, you know, deepen your relationship with him. And it doesn't really fit into the commission to love God and love others. It really just kind of adds to the pleasure of self. And as we all know, as humans on this earth, we are very selfish people. Um, so that's just something to think about. Um, also, Jackie Hill Perry, um, who's a poet and author and awesome speaker, um, made a great point about the importance of getting to the root of it. Um, if it's the need for companionship, if it's the need for intimacy, then that need is what you need to submit to the Lord to fulfill it and satisfy it. So you may be wondering, so how do I do with a desire to masturbate if I do feel convicted? Um, Now, I haven't tried anything treacherous with the opposite sex in years, but just because I haven't been out here fornicating doesn't mean I don't want to. Can I get a name in? Okay. So my first tip to you is to show yourself some grace and be patient with yourself. You don't have to condemn you to hell because you 
um, desire sex or for a period of time your mind keeps coming back to sex. Women, when you are on your period or ovulating or literally just breathing, you can become easily aroused for a period of time. No pun intended. And men actually have cycles too, believe it or not. So just be patient. You were made to desire sex, so don't beat yourself up when you desire arousal. Also, fill your time with other things that bring you pleasure. Pleasure is not only sexual, so find things you really enjoy. Pursue a hobby. Put your heart into your career. Spend time with people you care about or focus on calling um, a calling that the Lord has put on your heart. Now, I know those are all things you do during the day, but if your desire heightens at the night in the nighttime, like many other things like the tide and pain and toothaches, um, the freak's desire to come out at night as well, or loneliness, literally just get the freak up if you have to. Get up from wherever you are, okay? Get up. And if you need to like read up on something that you enjoy learning about, just like remove yourself from the situation. Um, the Bible is also a good recommendation for reading as well. Um, you could hit some jumping jacks, pray a little, and just find ways to occupy your time because at the end of the day, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So um, what a great way to exercise it, you know? So yeah, um, I hope this episode was helpful for you guys. Uh, remember to follow the parallel at the parallel podcast on Instagram and remember to speak the truth and love guys. <laughs>